1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman. On today's segment, we have an NWSL is Back weekend recap for everybody. What a weekend. We can't wait to talk about it with all of you. We're going to start with uh, the game that was most recent, but we're also going to maybe navigate some thank yous and some gratitude this is going to be a real gratitude episode uh, (laughs) before we get into everything a quick reminder to follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at attacking third we're also available as video, so hit subscribe subscribe to us at youtube.com slash attacking third for previews recaps and exclusive interviews I'm so happy to be back doing this with you, pal. How you doing? I just saw you.
0: <laughs> I know it's so fantastic. Usually we we jump on these, and I'm like, "How was your weekend? What'd you do?" We we yeah. we text usually over the weekend about the games, but I'm like, "How's your family? What'd you do this weekend? Yeah. What'd you get up to?" Um, we hung out all weekend, so it's great to see you again, Sandra. It's only been a few hours since I last saw That. Stunning face of yours, and it's great to be back. Um, and we got NWSL back this weekend, we got CONCAP W Championship starting tomorrow, Monday. Uh the US kicks off against Haiti, where we got all that coverage on Paramount Plus, and we've got it all here on attacking third because you and I will be doing previews of all those matches, live recaps with Lori Lindsay. It's uh the next two weeks are hectic, and the fact that I yes. started July. Um, in Los Angeles at a NWSL match with you hanging out um, is pretty fantastic. How are you holding up on this lovely Sunday evening?
1: I'm doing all right. It was, uh, like I said, it was a wild weekend. Um, I loved being out in Los Angeles uh, to sort of kick off the CONCACAFW championship. Um, We had a couple of great guests join us on Attacking Third with you know, legends, quite frankly, of the region um, with Brianna Scurry, Karina LeBlanc. Uh, It was great being able to do something like we've done these live, right, but they're live virtually and we get to hang out with folks in the chat and people, you know, connect with each other here. But it's different when you're doing that in person a little bit. And it was like the first time that you and I actually got to meet um, in person as well. And it was just sort of great being able to kind of be in that environment. And honestly, just Sort of witness uh, an Angel City atmosphere uh, a little bit, so I, I just want to thank everybody very quickly uh, for you know joining us. During that event, uh, coming through and getting some free swag. Uh, this is where I got the bucket hat from uh, over the weekend. And uh, you know, thank you to anyone new who's uh, joining us because you know if you were hanging out with us and, and and learning about us for the first time, and if you're here and following us now, uh, welcome. Uh, welcome. This is this is what we do on on attacking third. We're gonna start <laughs> recapping some NWSL uh, matches. We're gonna talk about that Angel City and, and and Portland game and get a little bit more into the day's events there. But we to start with the game that's probably more more fresh in everybody's mind which is Orlando Pride versus Racing Louisville. This was a very uh, no, we're talking about events that took place all weekend. This one taking place at Daytona International Racing. Uh it just was a, a unique event, the first of its kind for uh, Orlando Pride to sort of be participating in and uh they came from behind to secure yeah. a- uh-huh. 2-2 in this one against Racing Louisville. We were texting each other a little bit through it, Lisa. Uh, why don't you share your uh, your feelings of the match a little bit with the with the audience tonight?
0: Well, I have to preface my thoughts on this match because when we did our preview for this weekend's NWSL of Games, um, you wanted a lot of draws, and I restricted I sure. you. I said you couldn't have that many draws. You had to make picks. Uh, you had to give me a hard and fast out. And this one ends in a draw. Neither of us saw that coming. So huge shocker there. Um, yeah. but I, I think, I think they, they have, we both have Louisville? Yes, we both have Rachel Louisville. Okay. Um, and, and ultimately, that's how this game was looking until – Orlando um, turns things on. They turn things around uh, 59th minute. It's Darian Jenkins, who ends up getting on the board first for Orlando pride, but there's so much more about the atmosphere of this match. It was in Daytona. It was at a raceway. They did um, this game was on CBS sports network and they did a great little preview of how the field was built. And one of the, First things I noticed, and uh, Jen Hildreth and Allie Wagner actually talked about it ultimately on the broadcast, is that this field was so much more narrow than Exploria, than Lynn Family Stadium, than any other field in the NWSL. And that's a huge factor in this league, especially when you look at two sides like Orlando Pride and Racing Louisville that use the width, that exploit themselves, uh, getting up and down the flanks, creating those 2v1 opportunities, sending crosses in. So automatically shrinking the field changes how this game is going to be played out. And it played to Racing Louisville's advantage for 50 minutes, I'm going to say. Um, yeah. Orlando had their random breakthrough moments, but the first 50 minutes of this match was all Racing Louisville. They they controlled a lot of the tempo of this game. We saw a lot of player rotation, which we knew we were going to say. That's, that's how the theme is going to be in the league over the next month. Um, but different rotations with different players ultimately um, – I'm really impressed with Orlando and their fight and their will to come back. And I think that plays a lot to the experience and the stadium and all of the Orlando fans that were um, at Daytona this evening. You know, it's just
1: uh, the franchise has been going through it. I'll just, you know, put it out there. Like, They've made headlines for reasons that they probably don't want to be making headlines for Uh, when we're looking from this team where they were last year, going into this point in the season this year, the amount of players that have departed from this club raises a lot of unfortunate eyebrows out there. Uh, You know, the ongoing investigation that's taking place and this is all like ahead of this event that was already planned for, for a little while and sort of, seeing the players go out there and and compete and try to you know get a result you know in in light of all this stuff it, it i was happy for them to sort of see them kind of spearhead this comeback in the second half and we've been seeing some pretty interesting stuff uh you know around twitter scape i guess we'll say you know We had their, I guess, president of operations sort of saying like, hey, like we're going to squash any rumors right now. We love Orlando Pride. We're like trying to ensure that we build something unique and and special here. And I think like that's something that I I think that's ultimately my takeaway from this game. I I was reacting to it, obviously, on Twitter. We we tweet through things sometimes here. And uh, that was kind of my biggest takeaway um, from this. You know, we saw this sort of depleted squad right now uh go out there and spear a second half comeback snatched away a point um in a in a unique place i said that this was an event. i don't know if this is an event that the the franchise is going to want to see themselves uh you know continuing being a part of or try to make it something annual um but i did like that it was different and and unique and it caters to the florida market specifically um and they had Orlando Pride as like the headliners essentially of yeah. this event because it was a big event. You had like all kinds of things going on. It was a soccer fest. Uh, Chance, the Chance the Rapper was there performing. <laughs> but Orlando Pride. I a
0: the halftime interview with Marissa Pilla and Chance the Rapper. I was like, this is amazing. Like I know. It was pretty funny. i Marissa and be like, yo, how was Chance? This was I was super- laughing
1: about it too because I was remembering, I was like, this one, I remember I was at the game that he was at. He went to a Chicago Red Stars game in 2019, I believe. And it was when I they, they, they lost against the Orlando Pride. So I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe this is a thing. Like, maybe it's a little bit of a good look term there for the Pride. Well, we'll see. They didn't lose. Uh, There's that. Nice. But, you know, hopefully, for me, that's those were my takeaways from this. That it was a unique event. It caters to the Florida market. It, you know, they were the headliners. They were front and center of the sort of okay. close this big night out. And, you know, hopefully... With this, really, maybe that can lead to some better things. If not, maybe a boost in in morale uh, across personnel for for the team. So we'll we'll see. I don't think it. You know, it's, we're going to get to this more later on into the the episode. It's not going to do too a draw for both of these teams. It's not going to do too much in the standings. But no. that's how it shook out uh, yeah. t- tonight for the two of them.
0: Between these two sides, though, um, the goals were fantastic. Oh, I mean, Amina Ekic opening the scoring for racing Louisville in, in the 34th minute or so. This was a great goal from Ekic. This is a player that when she finds space and she can shoot the ball, we've seen her do it on set pieces, we've seen her do it in the run of play. Um, she's growing, and and this is a good opportunity, right? Like this this next stretch where there's so many internationals gone. Um, is a real opportunity for other players to shine, whether they've been getting consistent minutes before or they're starting to get more and more minutes throughout this next three weeks. But players like Amina Ekic, who has done tremendous all year, right? Even last year in the NWSL, she did well. But her progression, and now we're starting to see her take on more of a, an influential role in these matches. And she gets the opening goal for racing Louisville. And then Savannah DeMello, I mean like the name of the game against racing Louisville is do not foul within 25 yards of the goal because they've got Savannah DeMello. They've got Amina Ekic They've got players that can yep. put the ball on frame. We saw Savannah DeMello do it. Her second set piece goal for racing Louisville this year, the rookie, she gives them um, the this, Doubles the lead for Racing Louisville in the 51st minute. And that was, I thought it was going to be a bit of a momentum yeah. switch for this Racing Louisville side and Orlando. But then um, Sam Hyatt and Orlando Pride, they make some substitutes. Uh, we saw Michaela Clough get into this match. I was surprised to not see her get the start. So then to see her come into this. Yeah. Match, right? Like, uh, I was too.
1: I was like, where's Abby Kim? Like, you know, I'm just like, yeah. There
0: are these certain players, but then when we see them come rotated in, uh, it was Carrie Abello that. Uh, came in at that point. And then Michaela Clough, formerly Coolahan, and Clough influential in this game. As soon as she steps on the pitch, right. She plays that central midfield role. She can switch the point of attack. Um, she has this uh, almost like je ne sais quoi on the ball to know how to find the ball, know how to find her teammates. She reads the game very well. She finds the pocket. She plays those slip ball through. And that's what ultimately started the scoring for um, Orlando pride, Darian Jenkins. Uh, she gets on the board um, or she gets the assist on this one, excuse me, for the goal from Strom, which first NWSL goal for Strom. This was a great goal. I really like this one. The second goal, Darian Jenkins scored it across into the box. Yeah, Jenkins was offside. I'm going to say it. There's no VAR in the league. Um, if your sideline official isn't in line with it and they miss it, that's all it is. Like, just – Uh, that's it a split second and the referee has to make this decision and unfortunately it cost racing global three points in this match and it was a huge advantage to orlando but yes jenkins was offside
1: okay all right we got to take we got to take about it but you know what (laughs)
0: let's
1: say like let's say is that like a is that a hometown call then maybe like is it a is it a daytona event type call you know what i mean like is it just like that is that what I think exactly. it was just like
0: out of positioning. It wasn't like a lot, right? It wasn't like five yards offside. And honestly, when I watched the replay of it, the back line for racing Louisville, um, I believe it was Bonner, uh, Julia Lester. They they also weren't like, yo, offside. Yeah. Like, as a defender, that's like the first thing I do when the I don't see the flag go up. I don't hear the whistle and something happens. I'm like, this was offside. What's happening? Um, but I think it was off. She was, off. She was off. She was off. She
1: was off. I mean, listen, I don't, I don't- I don't disagree with you. I think there was a, <laughs> it was a pretty generous uh, call there. But uh, I think it it went it went by uh, perhaps a way, like I said, in terms of like maybe it went the the call the, the home side. You know, it's one of those things that cause a lot of excitement during during the moment. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, we don't have those, you know, those in game technologies uh, to sort of help kind of. You know, mitigate things when you when you need them, but uh, splitting the points in this one. But we're going to talk about how that shakes out or what that looks like or means for these two clubs specifically uh, later in the episode. And we're going to talk about standings a a little bit. But uh, another game that we want to talk about, sort of take a deeper dive on for everyone is the Angel City game versus Portland Thorns. It was a game we were at. We were we were Mm -hmm. there. Uh, we were there to sort of celebrate the kickoff of Concacaf W qualifiers. Uh, we're really excited for the W Championship that's going to be taking place uh, on tomorrow. Quite frankly, it's yeah. here officially. You can watch all the games on Paramount Plus. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of work to bring you all coverage, and uh, you know of of the actual group stage, the semifinals, the final. We're going to be doing it all. Um, so we were really excited to be out there. And kind of hype it up and also chat a little bit about NWSL and like what's been happening across the league, uh, you know, during during this season so far. So it was great to have Brianna Scurry. It was great to have Karina LeBlanc. It was great to have, you know, president of of Angel City and Julie Ehrman join us. Julie Foudy joined us for (laughs) a little bit like randomly uh, across uh, across events. So it was a lot of a lot of great energy, uh, quite frankly, to sort of bear witness to (laughs) ahead of ahead of kickoff and uh maybe that set the tone a little bit lisa maybe we set the chaotic tone a little bit by (laughs) going to la and doing a live show because when this game kicked off immediate penalty call like it just insane insane. we were like we just got here like we just got inside the stadium we were like Watching
0: it, had a little the party room. coming in, and we walk in we were and we we're like, like no hear and stop it. walking, pay attention." <laughs> it we, was, like, we did get to see it. Um, a great vantage point too. Like, so uh, we this were was like trying
1: cool. to find <laughs> our seats, and it was like fantastic <laughs> where we were. We're like, "Oh well, we're just gonna stand here and watch this, watch this yeah. moment unfold." Uh, pretty, pretty funny. But I mean, one of these moments, I think for me, watching it, and I, it was like, okay, is this a moment? Too early in the game mm-hmm. for this Angel City side, you know, and it's one of these things where it's like when you get these types of moments in a game, you want to keep that momentum. You want to like you, you don't want to like let it go. You don't want to allow the other team to sort of allow you allow them to play their way into the game. And when we did get to our seats and like really were taking a landscape of everything, it was just one of we were just like, is Portland going to do the thing?
0: So this game was um there was a lot of factors that were influencing me. I mean, I got to sit next to you while we watched this game. We had the live show before. Like I'm just going to be honest with everyone here.
1: Yeah. And- we both we both picked Angel City, right? For Angel this City game. Was- yeah.
0: Purely well, for me I was like we're going like dark. Angel City's got a win in this one. Um, And they end up splitting the points, right, with Portland. But throughout this match, um, to be honest with everyone, this is the first NWSL game I have attended in person and also worked meaning I was not a fan watching this game in person. I was covering it. I was trying to analyze, which I do as a fan anyway, but um, so like before attacking third started, I would go to games, but when I call games, I'm not at games. I'm in a studio elsewhere remotely calling games. So to be able to watch this game from a great vantage point in an incredible stadium at Bank of California in Los Angeles with a fantastic crowd, a rowdy crowd, a large crowd, Cheering for their home side in Angel City and being able to see the entirety of the field was very, very fun for me because as Portland was building up the play, um, well, as this match started and unfolded, Angel City, they they get the early penalty kick call. Savannah McCaskill, she ends up getting the goal, she takes the penalty kick for this one, and it actually ends up being saved by Shelby Hogan, Portland Thorns goalkeeper. And ultimately it's the follow-up that comes back and Savannah McCaskill is able to get the goal on this one. So it doesn't actually come from the penalty kick because it's saved by Shelby Hogan. Then ultimately um, the play continues. And as the first 45 minutes is unfolding in, in this match, um, There was so much space in the weak side of the field and of the weak side of this game, Sandra, welcome back. For those watching live, she just left us, now she's (laughs) back. But as I was watching this game in person, I could see the full field and as Portland, Um, is looking to build up the ball in this first half. It was all Angel City, from what I could see. I mean, the weak side was so wide open. Portland wasn't utilizing the space on the pitch. Their weak side had just so much space. They weren't stretching. Um, They were so condensed when they didn't have the ball, and they were just defending. And then as soon as the Thorns won it, they weren't stretching and pulling it out wide, which made it very easy for Angel City to counter-press, win the ball back, and continue the attack. And um, Angel City really had a tremendous first 45 minutes, even like first 70 minutes. They they played really, really well. And Portland, at the very, very end of this match, end up stealing it. It's the stoppage time. 90, 90th minute plus six in the stoppage time. Portland gets the equalizer in this one. And And as someone there... Watching as from like a little bit of an Angel City perspective, heart wrenching for Angel City in this one to see it kind of come to a close like that, because Didi Heritage, she made tremendous saves throughout this match for Angel City.
1: I think hearing you talk about that first half there and then sort of seeing how like they didn't get that go ahead goal. Yeah. Or, or, you know, we were unable to sort of extend the scoreline. I just I was like, uh, I just sort of feel like Angel City has found themselves in the I, I think these similar scenarios before where. They've got the, the game in waves of momentum, but are unable to just sort of hang on and hold on to that. And I think we saw that kind of fold out again in, in a game like this. I I remember, you know, doing the live event and we were doing previews of, of multiple matches. But one of them was this one specifically. And I got asked, like, who was a player? To, to watch or who's going to be stepping up for the Thorns in, in the absence of so many key players for the Thorns, but specifically somebody like a Sophia Smith, who's been so integral to their attack. And I'm like, it's going to be Yasmin yes Ryan. Like she's been, she's coming off like a multi-assist game. Like she's been very slowly and very quietly putting together a solid resume with this team in her sophomore season in the NWSL. And, and
0: we'll to link up in year. the end. Yes, it's the month for those players, the oh. second year players that are itching to prove that they yes. deserve that starting spot. And and a player like Yasmin Ryan, right? Like Amina Ekic, she's on that role for racing Louisville. And and yes, totally. Ryan for Portland yeah. Thorns, huge player to get, watch.
1: We saw like some of these moments where the Thorns were like trying to make these like being able to watch. I'll just put out like individual performances for me, like being able to watch June Endo live, phenomenal. In person. Being able to and see Gita. being able—I was just gonna say—and then seeing being able to see Sinhugita live, stupendous. Like we were both reacting to that with each other, like watching live And I'm like, man, I will say this: it was a delight watching Junendo play, hundred percent. But I was also like, this player is going to be gassed by the end of this game. And we saw that we saw a late game adjustment made because she was covering a ton of ground around this very game. late,
0: very late, like ninety fifth minute of this match. But still, like a gas like and I was just like so work on and off the ball was Endo.
1: Yeah, so we were. I know we were looking at that. We were looking at that, and Angel City said we're like, okay. Coach Frey Coombe, like, w- what are the adjustments you're going to make here? Like, when are we going to see them? You know, obviously we saw the LaRue get a great reception as well. That was very cool to witness live. Um, again, outstanding, outstanding, outstanding atmosphere, which we have heard nonstop around this franchise since they kicked off in the Challenge Cup, quite frankly. Um, mm-hmm. And to sort of see that carry over a little bit into the bank of California Stadium, because that's not where they were initially playing Playing their matches, but they haven't missed a beat, they haven't missed a step. So, um, yeah, we can confirm, we can report and confirm reports that uh, the vibes are good. It
0: just get, really, out, get out there to a game if you yeah, can, uh, you 100%. Players are fun, the atmosphere is awesome. We got to see Sydney LaRue. Get her first minutes with Angel City um, and hearing the crowd erupt as she just stands on the sideline near the, the halfway line. Um, the, the stadium started going crazy before her number was even announced, before it was announced she was going in. And, and that was a pretty special moment to experience live as well.
1: Yeah, it was incredibly, incredibly cool. I mean, you could see, too, like her presence on the pitch, like brought another added layer for them in the attack. Just she wanted the ball like you could just you could just tell right away. So I'm very excited to sort of maybe see how both of these teams move on from this draw during this long international break, uh, because there's a number of players I think I'm Both of these teams that are going to take it to that next level and step it up in some of those absences. So uh, I'm very excited to, uh, you know, bear witness to that over these next coming weeks. We've got some more games to get through, though. We wanted to take the deeper dive on the big events this weekend across NWSL Action. Stay tuned. We're going to let you all know our recap and our picks and our takes on the
0: games after a quick break.
1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai,
0: there's joy in every journey.
1: All right, we've got more games to get through. Let's take a look at Houston Dash versus Kansas City Current. Listen, maybe we're going a little backwards here in this one because this was the game that kicked things off uh, across the weekend on Friday. Two to one, Kansas City walking away with the win. We both had Kansas
0: City. We both
1: had Kansas City. Kansas City, the energy in this one, 100%, like from minute one all the way, I think through what was it? Nine minutes of stoppage time. Intense. Intense.
0: Insane. This game was very hectic. There was a lot happening. Um, But between these two sides, it's Kansas City that ends up getting another penalty kick, right? Lola Bonta, she buries this one. Um, It it was a cross coming into the box and Shea Groom ends up getting called for a handball and a yellow card at this point in the game. And she is, she's ticked off. She's not happy about it. I think it's a handball when you watch this one. Um, You can watch the highlights on Attacking Third YouTube. We've got full extended highlights. And her arm is extended away from her body. And as the cross comes in, like she wasn't intentionally doing it right. Like she didn't stick her arm out to block it, but her arm wasn't connected to her body and the ball hit her arm. It's a penalty. Lola Bonta. She buries this one. Uh, that's heading into the halftime for Kansas city. Um, huge for them, but then they also get another one right before halftime. It's the final stoppage minutes of the first half and Haley Mace. Uh, she, she, Barry's a beautiful ball. The shot comes in from CC Kaiser who recently got traded to Kansas city and has been doing so, so well. This was a huge move for Kansas city to get Kaiser. Um, She was traded from racing Louisville a few weeks ago. She gets the assist on this goal from Haley Mace. It's a beautiful cross top of the box and Mace is able to finish it and put this one away. And, and when we look at these two sides, Kansas city has been without their superstars all year. And sam Lewis, lynn williams and perhaps that's been an advantage to them up until like uh, leading to this point because they've had other players get so many consistent minutes right we've seen so much from players uh like Haley meese um like elise bennett the rookie um cc kaiser getting a lot of minutes in that front line alongside kristen hamilton and now when you look at a side like houston they're struggling without some of their superstars, right? No Nichelle Prince, no Rachel Daly. Um, they're they're lacking a lot of players right now, and that hurt them. It was curious to see how they would line up. And Ebony Salmon, she gets the trade from Racing Louisville to Houston Dash. She ends up getting the start for Houston in the front line um, alongside with Groom, Um I like what I saw from Ebony Sam, and I'm going to be honest. I like what I saw getting in the attack on the back end. Great saves coming from AD French throughout this match. And I'm with
1: you on that.
0: Houston just forcing things. And ultimately, at the end of this one, the stoppage time, uh, Houston forces an own goal against French, which was devastating. I think that's the first thing you said to me was, Oh no, AD France. I, yeah,
1: we were reacting. We were reacting to it. We I love reacting to these games with, with you, even off off mic. I I just thought it was an incredible performance by by french, for for Kansas City in, in that you know, granted, you have mentioned a, a number of players for for the current within this game specifically who had really good performances. But I mean, it's it's attacking third. We love we love clean sheets. We love defenders, right? We talk about that all the time. We love showing love to those types of players. And I just this was just such this was one of those games where it just sort of felt like you have those games as a goalkeeper right where the game is coming to you and it just sort of felt like this perhaps was maybe the energy for French in, in this game we're coming up with some of these massive saves um for for the current in this one so to sort of not just you know break the the clean sheet but the way in which it happened the timeline in which it happened you're talking about at the death <laughs> you know in this game it's it's a it's a bummer to put it to put it lightly um but it's a win. It's all three points for for Kansas City, and uh, something that maybe we'll get to see them, you know, build. And I know this is a team that we're talking about individual performances, but we're also talking about maybe rosters of clubs that we want to to see excel during this this particular international window. And I know for the both of us, Kansas City is a team that we're keeping uh, trying to keep a closer eye on in terms of seeing maybe this is a stretch of time where they can go out there go up against opposition and steal some results, steal some points um, would have loved a, a full uh, you know, 90 or 90 plus nine minute uh, performance from them, but it doesn't always uh, doesn't always shake out like that. Uh, but loved, love the performance from, from French for, for this, uh, for the squad.
0: Huge. It really was a huge game and she kept Kansas city in this match throughout its entirety. Um, and Houston ends up, they do get on the board, right? But but Kansas City gets the three points and that's huge for the current at this point in, in the standings and this point in the season.
1: hundred percent. You win you win Kansas City in this yes. one, right? I yes. love I love I love reminding the folks of the pick. Uh, We both went Kansas City. We both okay. had Kansas City winning. Let's let's uh, let's start off this next game with with the picks because I want you to absolutely glow on this one because this was my draw. We're talking about New Jersey New York Gotham FC versus Chicago Red Stars. This one kicked off on Saturday. Lisa, I know you chose Chicago because whenever you choose the red stars, whenever you choose Chicago, it's like music to my ears, and I always remember it. And I'm like, Yes, i i Anything. had a
0: dominating Chicago in this it one. Did. Um, you had you wanted draws for all of them, so I, I wanted draws draw
1: for every single one. You,
0: you thought this one was gonna be for sure the draw oh, because yes. it's what you picked. I'm not rubbing it in by any means, I, yes. I chose a draw for this game with confidence, fully exposed hundred percent. This was a huge game for Chicago because they were without Bianca St. George, without Mallory Pugh, and Mallory Pugh has been incredible for them. Without Alyssa Nair in goal, she's away with the U.S. national team as well. And the other forwards for Chicago said, "Cool, no big deal." We got this one. <laughs> I have, I am very impressed with Sarah Lubert. Very impressed with this player. She went on loan away from Chicago and and learned so much and and any other league that you play in is not going to be comparable to the NWSL, but a player like that, that goes to Mexico and can compete at that level, score a ton of goals, get her confidence up and then come back to the NWSL and have a coach that in Chris Petroselli that says, Hey, you're back. We're going to get you fit. We're going to get you ready. And then you're going to get minutes because we're seeing that from you. And the fact that Sarah Luber is able to get the opening goal for Chicago in this match, um, is huge because it, that's a confidence for her, right? We're talking about these players throughout this international window that are going to have to step up. And Luber is one of them. I think Ella Stevens as well for Chicago. Yeah.
1: I thought she had a great Another game
0: player that had a great game and will continue to improve over these next few weeks.
1: I think we're looking at certain players specifically across the league, right? During this window that we have a feeling that this is, this is their time, mm-hmm. right? So often, so often two things have to combine and collide and and, and this collision happens and all of a sudden like it, it sets something off and you have to have the opportunity, the right opportunity and just the right timing. And it just sort of feels like there's certain players that are going to be able to get out there and get their runs in and sort of make things happen. And I feel like we're looking at maybe some of these players within the 2020 draft class specifically that kind of had an unusual rookie year in 2020 um where there was only the inaugural challenge cup where yeah. there was only the fall series and i'm absolutely uh looking at somebody like ella Stevens. she was a player that the red stars drafted that i was high on you know when they when they drafted her kind of like a, a player who fell a little lower i think in the draft boards but also sort of had a little bit of a you know there was a there was a concept of like not, not so much high risk high reward but a player that still needed maybe some extra time to work on things in order to adjust and transition to that pro level, which we hear about a lot from even players within this league that once you get here, it's like nothing you've ever experienced before. So to see somebody like Alice Stevens be tasked with a very specific role and a very specific system for the red stars, I think that's what's leading to a lot of the success on the pitch for this team. They've already gone through that. That yeah. whole narrative of Mal Pugh and, oh, what are they going to do without them Ma- They started the season without her. I know. They This is not unfamiliar territory for this Chicago Red Stars team.
0: Right. She, th- three games into the Challenge Cup, she got hurt or something? So, uh,
1: she, she, like, yeah, seeing, sure. seeing this team go out there and get a result, get a win, maybe shouldn't be too surprising at this point for perhaps neutrals who are watching the league. But it definitely isn't surprising to those players in that locker room. No. It's not like I said, it's just not unfamiliar territory for them. And uh, the fact that they were without Nair and you had somebody like Emily Boyd step up and have a massive game. It was a great weekend for for keepers. For me personally, I loved witnessing some of this stuff out there. Emily Boyd making it an incredibly difficult day for Gotham FC and Lisa, we got to talk about it on the Gotham side of things. This is another multi goal loss for this team this year. Where, where's, where's Gotham going next after this?
0: This is rough for Gotham, right? And also center back defender for, New Jersey New York Gotham Gina Lewandowski announcing her retirement. So she gets to start in center back alongside Allie Krieger, but now as they move forward they're they're losing players, which I don't blame her. I mean, congrats to Lewandowski on a tremendous career, professional career that she has had, but now I mean, Gotham's struggling, right? Like they cannot string things together and, and you picked um in this match, like you were like, hey, this is going to be a, go- a game for Paige Monaghan. She's going to get one. It's going to be a breakthrough. And she's I- had good games against we the Red Stars. We want good things for Gotham, and they're it.
1: <laughs> she's had, I, you know, I had I allowed history to influence me a little bit in the draw too, because I've seen in in, in, this, in recent history, quite frankly, because this, you know, Sky Blue, formerly Sky Blue, now Gotham FC team had started to. Kind of closed the gap a little bit in terms of their uh, series matchup against the the Red Stars, and it really did sort of start turning a little bit for them in 2019. I mean, they handed the Red Stars losses in their greatest season in history, and because of those losses in 2019, the Red Stars did not win the Shield in 2019. That's just that's just fact. There's no cap on that. They didn't win. They didn't beat that sky blue team, a team that they should have on paper and they didn't get the shield. And we saw Gotham also have competitive matches against Chicago last year, specifically. And Paige Monaghan was one of these players that maybe you could see some, some good performances from against, uh, you know, and and, and knowing that they are, had the ability to maybe, you know, cancel some things out in the middle between them, but that didn't happen uh, in this game. It just, it was, uh, it was delight. I love, listen, I don't care about a pick when Chicago wins. I'm happy. So that's 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 it on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's it on that for me. That's a win. And for one whole day, Lisa, they were on top of the standings.
0: They were. were. I hope you took a screenshot, Sandra, because
1: someone Chicago logo one, three, four has got my back. I'm sure they, they, they put it out there uh, yeah. across, uh, across Twitter and social media to see, I, I, I loved it. It was a uh, nice to, nice to see. Let's uh, to close it out and chat a little bit about San Diego wave FC versus Washington spirit. Lisa, the picks in this one.
0: Um, For this one, hold on. I got to pull up my notes. Thank you. I'm sorry Sandy, about that. Okay. Sandy, San Diego, you had San Diego and I had a draw between these two sides.
1: Listen, I'm not I'm not gonna gloat. I wanted technically draws for every single one of these games. But I respect I, I remember listening to you in the preview talk about your reasoning for draw, and I was like, that makes
0: yeah,
1: a lot of sense in this one. We're gonna see how it shakes out. Uh not the last uh not the last one, obviously. I just saw your note, Lisa, but we're gonna talk about San Diego first. Uh Abby Dalkemper back in this one. She's had a little bit of an absence. She's been navigating a back injury. She's been dealing with some injury with San Diego Wave. We're talking about two goals for this team uh, all in the first half. Uh, and then Washington making things interesting, but a little too late in, in the game in this one. So what were some of your takes uh, from this match?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think big question marks heading into this game were uh, about how these two sides would fare, right? When you look at Washington, there without so many key players. Uh, nearly um, nine of their starters, eight of their starters are not here for this Washington side, so things change. But having Jordan Baggett back for her first game back since the Challenge Cup final for Baggett uh, was huge to see a player like that come back. And then when we look at the San Diego side, Um, you mentioned it with Boyd and Chicago and goalkeepers. This is a huge time for goalkeepers because so many coaches um, vouch for their keepers on their, their rosters and say that they would be starters any other team that they play on, but they just play behind an incredible, incredible starter. I mean, we look at Alyssa Nair for Chicago, we look at Caleb Sheridan for San Diego. These are Olympians. Um, And to have someone like Carly Telford playing behind Kalen Sheridan at San Diego in training, you're learning so much from them, but Telford is, it's going to be very hard for her to beat out Sheridan. So in these moments, we see goalkeepers stepping in uh, Devin Kerr uh, along behind Aubrey Bledsoe for Washington Spirit and Carly Telford for San Diego in this match. And these are incredible goalkeepers, right? Like that's the thing. There's no drop off to me in what these goalkeepers can do. They have a very different skill set than the first string goalkeepers for these sides, but um ultimately like the stop shot, shot stopping abilities, um how they can play with the team, even playing out with their feet is still really impressive to see from Kerr and from Carly Telford. So this is a match where we saw two new goalkeepers or rather not first string goalkeepers for these two sides. And I was really impressed with it. But um, for this San Diego side, I mean, Mackenzie Doniak, she gets the opening goal for them in the first half. And then they get the second one in the stoppage time of this first half. And it was uh, breakdowns defensively for Washington, which was how San Diego was able to get these goals. And frankly, that's something on the spirit defense, right? Like that's that's bad for them. And maybe that's a big hole with Emily Sonnetnatz not there. And even Aubrey uh, Kingsbury and goal, not being there. Like those are certain things that I am paying attention to because Sam Staub is still the center back for Washington and she's a tremendous center back. So the communication there um, and, and finding those breakdowns is, something that Chris Ward is going to have to focus on. And I know he is, right? Like he's, he cares a lot about defense. That's one thing that Saab, Sam Saab told us way back in the preseason is that exactly. they were actually doing defending drills and working on that. So I, I don't imagine that this spell for Washington will stick around too long where defensive errors are slip ups happening, but right. They've got Karina Rodriguez, who's a rookie in that back line. So there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for her and for the spirit.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, <sighs> I think when we were making our picks in this one, going, going back to thinking about whether it was me going with the wave, you going with the draw and just making a note of all of those absences for the spirit and just sort sort of seeing like, well, there's, it's, it's the NWSL. It's still going to be a competitive game. We're going to be able to maybe see some new, get, get some different looks at players that we don't normally get to see in extended minutes for uh, the spirit specifically. Um, but I got to say I think in this one what I really appreciated the most in this one is just and maybe this is sort of me echoing echoing a similar sentiment with that Chicago game but I'm just really loving what Casey Stoney is doing with this team right now. We're talking about being able to handle the challenges in front of you, right? Look at looking at them as opportunities, you know, losing A pretty big chunk of of, or an important piece in your back line and somebody like a Naomi Grima uh, Mm -hmm. having a pretty outstanding rookie year so far has pretty much anchored that back line throughout the duration of this first half of the season. And it's now
0: for the country.
1: And yeah, no kidding. And then it did sort of, and then you you don't have Jacobson, you don't have, you don't have Morgan. And then to sort of just instill this kind of, you know, confidence and uh, belief in, your other rookies, other younger player, you know, somebody like a a Kelsey Turnbow who is starting to see, you know, a little bit more time with, with San Diego as well. So I just, I am appreciative of that and what we're witnessing from any adjustments or, or lack thereof from, from coaches. And I see that that's also an area that we're keeping an eye on as well. During this international break, what are the coaches going to be doing during this long stretch of time on the pitch with the roster that they have. And I think for me, that's going to be one of the more impressive things that we keep an eye on or one of the more important things that we keep an eye on too. alongside looking at some of these really cool uh, performances and stuff like that for some of these players who are eager to sort of snatch this opportunity during this time what are the coaches doing? I was a little bit surprised too. Like when we saw the starting lineup in this one, I would have really loved to have seen Amir Ali get a start, but didn't see that. So like right away, I'm like, okay, like what is, like what is Casey Stoney going for? Like, what is she doing? And she knows what she's doing. This team, this team went out there and took care of business for the most part in the first half.
0: Great goals, right? Like defensive, uh, defensively, they, they counter press against Washington. They win the ball back early and then it's, ball movement and passing and and maybe not having those superstars, uh, whether it's Alex Morgan or Sophia Jacobs and even Taylor Korniak in the midfield, we're gonna see different looks from these teams. And for San Diego, we saw not a lot of individual players trying to be the superstars right it was a lot of one touch one two touch passes get the ball out from under you keep it moving force Washington to defend and run all over the place and then the spaces open up and that's how their two goals came in the first half it was quickly win the ball back get the ball moving a great great team goals from the San Diego side
1: Right, Yeah, I'm with you. Listen, we got actually one more to get through. I got ahead of myself here when we got into the San Diego Wave uh, game because I was eager to talk about their performances. But All Rain versus North Carolina Courage. We got a victory for All Rain. And not just any victory, Lisa. We got a multi-goal game victory. I did not see it coming. 2-0 against North Carolina Courage. Lisa, let the good folks know what the picks were in this one.
0: I had North Carolina winning this one. Thought they were going to get back on track. And you had OL rain. You predicted it, Sandra. Congratulations. We saw the return of Kim Little. She got the start for Laura Harvey's side. Only 45 minutes from Little, but... great 45 minutes. We're in for an exciting (laughs) season. This is what OL Reign does, right? Like they start the year and they go, not go through the motions, but it's this slow buildup, this plateau that we've seen. And and there were so many shots on goal over the last few weeks and and so many opportunities created and just not a lot of goals scored. And thankfully they have Fallon Tullis-Joyce in goal who can keep OL Reign and save their butts a lot of time, keep them in games. And now, we got Jess Fishlock getting a goal, Bethany Balser getting a goal. They both each get an assist in this match. Um, this was a very pretty game for OL Reign. I, I bet Laura Harvey is very happy about this one.
1: Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Right. I think uh, the other thing too, is like the other, the other thing that we're keeping an eye on. So we're talking about player performances during this time. We're, we're saying that here, here at attacking 3rd third, we're also, you know, taking a look at the coaches and, and seeing what they're going to be doing during this time with the rosters in front of them. But, we got to take a look at some of these results that happened during this July window, because what's going to happen during this July window is there are going to be some teams that hit the halfway point of their season. And it's a very important part of the season that you got to pay attention to because things start looking different in that second half of the season. So I'm, thrilled for all rain i'm thrilled because i made the pig i'm thrilled you know because i'm sure that laura harvey is 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 absolutely uh you know thrilled to to, to get this uh, but i think the rain are one of these teams that are you know taking note of that they're a team that has experience in post seasons and they know that the season is a long one and you have to sort of run the table a, a certain kind of way uh but this is what you want during this time, especially during this time when you know you're going to be facing oppositions that are not going to have their key players in the mix Courage is one of those squads that is missing a number of players, uh, key key players, typical starters, off on international duty. And you want to be able to take advantage of that. So the fact that it's fishlock and balls are serving up these goals and getting them through the back of the net, I think bodes well for them. I want to see more of it. We want to see the more, we want to see more consistency in terms of the attack uh for for this team. So Good for that. Enjoyed that. Something that we want to close out on, though, that we were teasing during the show. We want to talk about the standings. We're going to run through them because it's a new month. It's a brand new month, and we're going to take a look at the standings because we did this when things closed out in May, and we wanted to pay attention to how things would look a little bit different as the season progresses, and they definitely look a little bit different now. As of this moment, when we're looking at the standings, uh, comparing them to May, there is still San Diego that's on top of the standings that's like perhaps the one consistent thing here but as of this weekend's slate of games number one san diego wave fc number two chicago red stars number three portland thorns fc number four all rain number five houston dash number six Angel City FC. And when we're looking at the latter half of the table, it's at number seven with Kansas City Current. Racing Louisville FC at number eight, Washington Spirit at number nine. Number 10, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Number 11, Orlando Pride. And number 12 is North Carolina Courage. So things are are changing a little bit. You know, number one, still San Diego. Angel City went from number two to number six. And North Carolina – has, has, Orlando Pride have obviously dropped in that latter half. They were number six uh, back in May. So, North
0: Carolina is still number 12, though. I think that's really The top important. and the right bottom are the same. The have stayed the exact same. San Diego uh, is at the top of North Carolina at the bottom. Uh, we also saw Kansas City climb, right? They were 11 – about a month ago and now they're seven. So there's been a lot of movement. Oh, well, rain, not too much movement there. Chicago's jumped up, which we knew was going to happen, but I'm I think the two most surprising moves for me are between San Diego staying at the top and North Carolina staying yes. at the bottom, frankly. The two
1: consistencies. We just we just wanted to talk about it and bring it up and say like here's some things that changed, but here are some things that have actually remained the same. So we just wanted to run those down and keep everybody updated on what to look ahead for during this next stretch of games during this month in July. We're gonna be here with you all to continue talking about NWC action, even though there's a million T games happening during July, and you can watch nearly all of them on Paramount Plus. Stay tuned for all that good W championship action. Thanks, everybody, so much for joining us and listening to Attacking Third. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Attacking Third. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. We're also available as videos. Subscribe and visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third, and we will be back covering the W championship in depth, U.S. versus Haiti. Tomorrow on Paramount Plus, we're going to have a live recap of the match. So come and hang out with us. We're going to get some insight from Lori Lindsay on YouTube after the game. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. this was the second
0: CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it